Hi, this is Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, here for another DevOps chat. And today's guest on the chat is Mike Pittenger of Black Duck Software. Mike, welcome. Thanks very much, Alan. Nice to be here. So, Mike, uh, our audience, you know, I'm sure many people in our audience have not met you before, uh, unless you've invited your relatives. But can you give us a, a little background on, on who you are, Mike, and, and you know, your, your role at Black Duck? Sure, sure. So I've been in the uh, software security space for about 16 years. Uh, started with At Stake back when uh, it was the uh, leading uh, software security consultancy. I uh, ran the product team there. Then uh, when Symantec acquired At Stake, I spun up that team to uh, form a company called Veracode. Um, stayed there for a couple of years and then uh, started consulting. We worked forth uh, uh, Bit9, Digital Guardian, uh, Beyond Trust. Uh, CoreLogic, uh, and Black Duck was a customer of mine, a client of mine, and about two years ago, and we were involved in a, a discussion about some product enhancements and so on, and uh, I came back to them about a year ago. They called me back in for another project, and and I found the uh, the opportunity so interesting that we uh, I, I came on full-time to head up their security strategy. Very good. And, and Mike, you know, believe it or not, there may be some folks in our audience who aren't familiar even with Black Duck. So well, that, that'd be hard to believe, Alan. Probably. <laughs> a long time. I, I know. I've been writing about you all for a long time. But that being said, just in case, let's give them a little background. Sure. The company's about 13 years old. And, uh, and what we're very good at is looking at source code or binaries to identify the open source components that are used in that. Uh, once we've identified those, we can tell the customer anything they want to know about uh, because we track uh, over open source projects and we've been doing it for about 13 years. Um, for the first 10 or 12 years of the company's life, uh, the primary interest in this was that people would run our software internally in order to determine uh, the open source, and they, but they were interested in it because of license compliance. They wanted to make sure that they weren't using uh, reciprocal or restrictive licenses like GPL code and, and code they were distributing, something that might put their own IP at risk. Uh, about five years ago, we started adding um, security information from the National Vulnerability Database. And uh, a year ago, we came out with a product specifically focused on security. And it's, it's a big deal because while license compliance is still an issue for risk managers, um, open source software, because it's become so ubiquitous, is also a concern to the security people. There are, uh, there have been over 4,000 new vulnerabilities, excuse me, over 6,000 new vulnerabilities reported in the National Vulnerability Database just in the last two years. So uh, unless people are aware of the software they're using uh, and the components that they're using in that software, they're unable to protect themselves from these vulnerabilities. And that's where we come in. Excellent. So, Mike, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about open source and certainly open source vulnerabilities and scanning are, are uh, big topics today, especially when we talk about that in context of containers. And I know Black Duck is actually doing some work around uh, container security and vulnerability scanning, etc. But I, I wanted to, you know, just take it up and probably another 50,000 feet and, and talk overall open sources, uh, open source's role in this whole DevOps revolution slash evolution, if you will. And well, sure. let's talk about that. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the 
you know, the big thing, of course, is that a lot of these, uh, particular, uh, with the popularity of, of containers, a lot of those are running in, uh, uh, on a lightweight version of Linux, and uh, uh, you know, and, and of course that's open source. Um, where we see the risk with that is not in using Linux. I mean, whether um, an open source operating system or component is more or less secure than a commercial component, is, it becomes a religious argument, and and you can you can argue it till the end of the day. The fact is, you just need to have awareness of what you're using and monitor that closely. So uh, we did a uh, uh, an informal study of, of the containers on Docker Hub and found that most of them, majority of those, had security issues with them. And it was easy to see how this happens because containers are constructed just like software is constructed. People are pulling in um, often open source components. They may build a LAMP stack and then add, add their application to it. Um, if they're going to deploy a new application, they may strip off the application layer, maybe strip it down to the, the right down to the Linux core again, and then build it back up. But if they're reusing these components and uh, a vulnerability happens to be in there from the beginning, or one is disclosed after you've built that initial container, it's just going to propagate itself. So people are justifiably um, uh, concerned, I guess is the right word, about the security of these. Um, and from our position, it's really more about um, understanding the hygiene of the container, understanding what you're using, and then monitoring that closely. Because with 6,000 new vulnerabilities every in, in a two-year period, clearly your security posture can change without you doing anything. Absolutely. Um, but Mike, what what we've seen in in you know, it's funny, we, I was just going over the results of a survey we're going to be releasing soon about DevOps tools adoption. And, you know, it, it was split between large, large organizations, you know, over 10,000, and then about an equal number of under 200. So sort of dumbbelled with not a lot in the middle. But, yep. um, you know, fully 25% or more of all of the tools that these people were bringing in, whether they be in their, let's call it legitimate software supply chain or in through the back door, if you will, shadow, 25% of them or more were open source. And yeah, that's actually lower than what we see. Uh, really? So, so we, we have a, a, a portion of our business, uh, Black Duck On Demand. So we're often brought in, uh, during an M&A transaction. So if I'm going to buy your software company, I'm going to black duck it. They use it as a verb. I'm going to, I'm going to black duck it to understand the risk associated or at whatever risks there might be. And so these are these are commercial applications. You assume they have plenty of proprietary value because somebody else is interested in acquiring that company. And even in those cases, we're seeing that the code base is, is 35% is, is open source. If you're talking about an in-house application that, say, a bank is running, you know, they're building the applications and consuming them themselves, uh, it's not unusual to see those applications comprised of 75 or 80% open source. And, and it only makes sense that they're doing that. I mean, open source is, is, is saving them from having to build this functionality from scratch, so it's providing you know, critical functionality without an acquisition cost, um, so it's it's you know, shortening the time to market is lowering development costs. It, it makes perfect sense that they're doing this. Got it. Um, so I'm surprised to hear, I thought 25 was a big number. You're saying it's a small number and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, 
pretty significant. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it is a small. So if if you look at those commercial applications, um, uh, it's uh, and we're going to be publishing some a report of our own pretty soon on, on those. But um, the average number of discrete open source components in those applications is over a hundred. Got it. Um, hmm, crazy, Mike. I, I want to just. You know, believe it or not, as I told you before we started recording, our time here goes so quickly, and and we're eight nine minutes into our recording. I, I wanted to just quickly pivot into um, the whole container and open source, and, sure. and securities around and security around it, and what you know some of the things Black Duck is doing. Again, people in our audience may not be familiar. Would you give them a little, just a little taste of it? Sure. So, so we have partnerships with both Red Hat and Docker. Um, in the Red Hat world, we're partnering with them for security on their OpenShift platform as a service and their container platform, Red Hat Atomic. And the idea there is simply to um, be able to quickly assess the security of a, of a container before you deploy it. So we can run our scan client as a container, pull in a Docker image from a repository, repository and scan it before it's before it's deployed uh, so, so very simple for, you know from our world we you can point black duck at um, a, at a container you can point it at a typically in a development process it's integrated with the build server um, it's but you could point it at a repository if you wanted to and to us a container is simply another code location scanning and and when we're looking at that we're not just looking at the components we're also looking at what makes up those components and, and are able to um, identify these down to the patch level. Um, so, you know, instead of saying, um, geez, you're using, you know, a bad version of Debian Linux, we can actually look at each of the components and tell if those have been patched for reported vulnerabilities um, just to make the, uh, make the DevOps manager's job faster, understanding what they need to worry about and what they don't need to worry about. Got it. Excellent. And, you know, Mike, we only have about a minute or two left here, but we, we've, you know, obviously it's a dynamic situation. The whole container thing, the whole, you know, what's happening with DevOps and open source and, and all of this. If you can gaze into a crystal ball, where do you see us going in the next three to five years with this? Where where do you see it heading? Well, I, th I think the, the containers are going to obviously grow, uh, grow rapidly. We're, we see um, some... Uh, it's it's a hesitation in de to deploying or to switching over to containers in some worlds, but I think it's simply trying to understand it better. Uh, you know, an analogy might be, uh, you know, people switching over to uh, cloud computing, uh, you know, a number of years ago. They want to understand it uh, and, and understand both the benefits and the risks before they before they throw in all of their chips on it. Um, so uh, we see some of the very large companies um, uh, embracing it uh, aggressively. Uh, but a lot of the, uh, say, in the financial services industries, still, you know, testing it, playing with it, seeing, uh, uh, seeing, trying to decide when they're going to uh, jump in and and uh, whether they start in the shallow end of the pool or or go right to the deep end. Got it. Got it. Well, believe it or not, Mike, we're at our we're at our time limit. I I know. Okay. It seems to go so quick. But I wanted to thank you uh, for appearing today. And you know what? If people want to find out more about Black Duck, 
quick quick uh, plug for their website? Yeah, sure. It's uh, blackducksoftware.com. Uh, we we do provide a uh, there's a free trial that will work on uh, on an application or on a container, um, it, and you can sign up for it right at the website. It's www.blackducksoftware.com. Perfect. Mike Mike Pittens, your Black Duck Software. Thanks for being today's guest on DevOps Chats. Thanks very much, Alan. Nice to be here. Okay, this is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com. 